uh, Thanksgiving uh, times, but it's primarily an American holiday. There are those in our country that are trying to rewrite history and make it to seem like that uh, those early pilgrims were not so righteous and pure and not so religious, but that they were brutal and that they came to steal the land of the natives and mistreated them. And some of that may have happened, but that is not the real story of Thanksgiving. It's not at all the real story of Thanksgiving. They were actually devout believers. And all of history and all the writings of the various historians uh, prove the reality of their commitment to Jesus Christ and to the word of God. They came seeking freedom and the ability to worship God according to their conscience. They did not want the influence of a state religion or all of these things that were influencing them, and they came to this country uh, for the freedom to worship the true and the living God. Amen. And even though about half of that group that came died that first winter, they still, the next harvest season, the next fall, had an actual Thanksgiving celebration. And uh, uh, their focus was not on their losses, was not upon the harsh winter that they had went through, but it was, the, it was a focus upon the goodness of God. And not on their losses, not on the hardship, but they totally focused upon what God had done for them. They intended to, set, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to come to shore at a place called Manhattan, but they, they didn't. The wind caught them and drove them about 200 miles north. They landed in, a, in Massachusetts, and uh, there was an empty Indian village. Most, uh, actually all but one of the Indians had died. The natives had died, probably cholera or something like that. But there were stores of food and fresh water and everything that they needed in that village. They were willing to pay but there was no one to pay. Uh, and so all of that was seen as the provision of the Lord. Then the lone survivor was an Indian by the name of Squanto who had been stolen away to England and there learned English. And then a few years later came back just about the same time that the pilgrims came to that uh, empty village. And there he was also as the provision of the Lord to teach them how to plant their crops and how to hunt and, and to make them familiar uh, with, uh, with the area and all of it. They all saw it as the goodness of God, the favor of God. And so they celebrated. And there were about 90 other natives from another neighboring tribe that came and joined them as they celebrated a Thanksgiving day. And uh, it's been a part of the history of America. I went through all of that. There's a lot more that I could say about that. But the reality is this. They overlooked all of the trouble and the hardship and everything because they saw the goodness of God in it. And the Apostle Paul here, speaking to young Timothy, tells him, Timothy, 
uh, there are going to be some days that are going to come. And when they do, they are, they are going to be a challenging time. Because people are going to leave the faith. They're going to depart from the faith. They're going to give heed. They're going to pay attention to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They're going to forbid to marry. They're going to command uh, 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 that people abstain from meat. And everything that God has given that is good is going to be something that they're going to try to remove. They're going to try to take away all of that good that God has provided. And I, I think it's interesting to note that this was uh, the latter days were going to be characterized by demonic activity demonic activity, and that there was going to be an association of that uh, world of demonic activity with the spirit of that age, which would be a spirit of ingratitude, a spirit that would not show appreciation for the goodness of God. Uh, The last days were going to be characterized by an increase in demonic activity that would result in a lot of people leaving the faith and forsaking the Lord, forsaking the goodness of the Lord, and their focus was going to be upon, you know, just picking this and that, things that, that uh, they wanted to forbid. There was going to be this spirit of ingratitude that was going to be associated with this demon spirit. Now, if you're a Christian, your Christian life cannot be focused on the few things I've heard people say before, well, I don't want to serve God because uh, if I serve the Lord, then I can't do this or I can't go there. And do you understand that that's all the voice of the enemy? It wants to make you think that you're going to lose a, a lot of uh, privileges and blessings when you serve the Lord. It's not the truth at all. Have you heard people say, uh, as a Christian, I drink all that I want to drink? I go to all the clubs and the bars that I want to go to. I do all of those wicked and evil things. I do all that I want to do. The want to is gone. I don't have any interest in anymore. And uh, I, I don't miss out. I don't feel like I'm missing out on things. There's a lot of sorrow and trouble with all that the world has to offer. But there's a spirit, to, uh, a devilish, demonic spirit that makes people... Uh, tries to convince people that if you serve the Lord, you're going to miss out on every good thing. That's just not the truth. It is not reality. This is the best life. This is the good life. Serving the Lord, that is the good life. You're not missing out on the pleasures and the things of this world. Uh, I understand that there are things in the world that you can involve in that might offer a little short season of pleasure and goodness But the reality is the best life is the life that's serving Jesus. Living for the Lord. That is the the best life. You know, this is an age-old trick of the enemy to try to convince folks uh, uh, and to focus on maybe just that one thing or that few things instead of all the wonderful things that God says yes to. I can't go to church. I can't serve the Lord because there's too many things forbidden. No, you can't do this. No, you can't be involved in that. But what about all the things that you can be involved in? Uh, there may be some, a few things in God's Word where God forbids and says, no, you can't do that. But there are so many other things that He says yes to. 
that we can do and that we can receive and we can be blessed. And this is the old age trick of the, of the enemy. Remember in the garden when Satan appears to Eve and, and God had already said, all of this garden, all of these trees, all of this fruit, it's yours. You can partake of it all. You, but just that one tree, that one tree is forbidden. And Satan comes uh, to Eve and tries to convince her, God's withholding from you. God's withholding from you. He thinks, uh, he, he says that, uh, 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 that if you partake of that fruit, you're going to become like a God. God's withholding something good from you. You see, when the focus is on the, the few things that God says no, as a matter of fact, if God says no to you concerning anything in this world, it's only because he wants to save you from the heartache and the trouble that it will bring if you follow that direction in your life. He says, you see, every tree, you can eat freely of it. You can have any of it. Uh, but Satan wants you to focus on the one thing or the few things. And when he does, that's why that there's this focus that uh, Paul is given to Timothy. In the last days, there's going to be a spirit and there are going to be doctrines of devils and it's going to be about just a few things that uh, are being forbidden. But I want you to know you can receive so many good things that God has provided for us. Amen. You know that thanksgiving and gratitude is something that has to be learned. It's a learned behavior. It's a learned activity. And have you heard, have you heard parents, and maybe some of you parents have even said this to your little children, um, if, the, if, you, if they receive something, uh, you know, a privilege or a gift, and I've heard parents say, I probably have said it, what do you say? What do you say? Trying to, you know, motivate them to say, oh, thank you, thank you. And I know it may seem like an exercise in, uh, um, you know, not really going to accomplish that much in their life, but the reality is that they have to learn how to express thanksgiving. And uh, if you're still having to, to say it to people who are older, that's bad. If you have to say to adults, well, now what do you say now uh, uh, when someone does something good? You need to have a sense of appreciation that flows out of a heart of gratitude that God is good to you. Amen. And that you are expressing that goodness to the Lord. Scripture here says all things should be received from the Lord. Talking about uh, everything that's put before you, every food that's put before you should be received with thanksgiving as unto the Lord. Years ago, probably 30 some years ago, I made a few trips to Mexico to a particular mission. And uh, one of those missions was uh, uh, we went to a village that was like in a valley, but then it was this huge mountaintop uh, that was right beside that village. And they said, there's a village up on top of that mountain. There are no roads. There's no access. You have to walk up there or ride a horse or a burrow to get up there. But there is a church up there. And there's a lot of mountain people that live up there. And uh, the church had been damaged uh, by a windstorm. And so the only way to get materials up there was to strap them on the side of the animals 
uh, all the lumber and the tools and the roofing materials, everything had to be strapped on the side of those burrows. And then uh, all of us had to get up on a horse or a burrow and ride for several hours, two or three hours, to get up there to the top of that mountain. Quite an adventure. <laughs> it was an adventure for me, for sure. And uh, so we got up to the top of that mountain. Sure enough, there was a church there. There's a church, but they had to have their services uh, before the sun went down because there were no lights. There was no electricity. So we had also strapped on the side of those animals uh, uh, some uh, uh, panels uh, so that, uh, what do you call those panels? Solar panels. Uh, we strapped those on the side of those burrows, took them up on top of the mountain, and put them on the, repaired the roof, put them on top of the roof, and then strung uh, lights inside of that uh, church house uh, so that that first night that they were there, the lights came on and the people came from everywhere out of the hills uh, to come to that uh, church service. The next day, they wanted to fix a meal for us there on the side of the mountain, and they did. It was stewed goat and um, in the little place where we ate and the animals were all under our feet I felt things moving around under my feet as I was eating my stewed goat and uh, the chickens were in there and the animals were in there and we prayed really hard before we ate that meal very fervently before we ate the stewed goat uh, they had also served us coffee I'd watched them grinding the beans for the coffee and they were shooing away the roaches I'm sure some of those roaches got ground up in the coffee and uh, so we had we, we prayed really hard before we ate that meal but the scripture says all things should be received as from the Lord Amen all these things what's that? oh my okay Fresh roached, roasted, she said. It was not that pleasant, but we ate it anyway with thanksgiving. Amen. If it is received with thanksgiving, that was the key. It had to be received with thanksgiving. You know in the scripture that there's also uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, connection with uh, not only demon activity, uh, but also with... Uh, uh, the, in, in Romans chapter 1, with false worship and idolatry. Romans chapter 1, verse 23, says that they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like the incorruptible, like unto incorruptible uh, man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Verse 21, it says, because that they knew, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. That spirit of idolatry uh, takes over whenever you're not truly thankful to, a, to our God who is worthy of all of the praise and the thanksgiving unto the Lord. Amen. So thanksgiving is much more significant than just family and food and all the things that we associate with thanksgiving, it should be a day of celebrating the goodness of God. Amen. I asked them to sing that song about the goodness of God. 
It should be. And everything good in your life, everything good in my life can be traced to the goodness of God. Everything. No matter what blessings, what goodness has come your way, you should trace it to the goodness of God in your life. Amen. You don't have the good job you have because you're smart and intelligent and lucky. None of those things. You have what you have because God has been good to you. Amen. Same thing is true of your family. God has been good to you. Every good thing that is in your life can be traced to the hand of the Lord. And it's a serious, serious thing when we forget about all the wonderful things that God has blessed us with. The Lord, through Moses, warned the children of Israel about this. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 10. He says, It shall be when the Lord thy God has brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have taken and eaten and are full. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. The danger that they were warned of is that all these good things that are going to come your way in the promised land, they're all an expression of the goodness of God. The provision of the Lord. All that God. And America has been such a blessed nation. But today we live pretty much in America that's ungrateful. And uh, that spirit that seems to be so prevalent in our age today where everyone believes they deserve good. They believe we don't deserve anything good. It's all out of the heart of God, the mercy of the Lord. We don't deserve any good thing. Amen. It's all because of the goodness of the Lord. And Christians, above all, should be the most grateful people in the world. Amen. We should be the most grateful people on earth because we have been washed, because we have been cleansed, because we have abundant life, because we have the promise of eternal life. All of these gifts have come from the Lord, James chapter 1. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So every good thing in your life has to be traced back to the hand of God, the goodness of God. There's no good thing that is in your life that has not come from the Lord. Amen. And we should be giving thanks and praise unto the Lord. Ephesians 5 and 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks all the time for all things. Amen. And teach your kids to be thankful. Amen. Teach your children to be thankful. Teach them to express that and to be genuinely sincere about that. Let them know that they don't deserve good things. 
They're not worthy of good things, but when they come their way, they should be thankful and appreciative, especially to the Lord Jesus Christ for all of his wonderful provision for us. First Thessalonians 5 and 18, every th- in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus con- concerning you. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. The Lord can use just as those early pilgrims recognized that they had had losses, that half of their numbers had died in the, in the, in the winter weather, and that they had suffered a lot of great losses. They still wanted to have a thanksgiving. They still wanted to express their gratefulness uh, to the Lord. And so some of you have had trouble, and you've had sickness And you've had losses in your life. Sure, we all go through tough times and difficult times. But as Christians, none of that stops us from saying thanks unto our God. Praising the Lord for all the wonderful blessings that that comes our way. There's the account that's so familiar, always associated with the Thanksgiving season from Luke chapter 17 describes the story in the life of Jesus in the city of Jerusalem where Jesus was passing through and that there were ten lepers, the Bible says, which stood afar. They had to stand at a great distance away and they cried out for mercy. Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass as they went, They were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorifying God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? You see, the the other nine were just as healed as that Samaritan, but they were just so busy celebrating their healing. They were so happy about their healing and the the blessing that had come their way that they forgot to go back and to praise and thank the one that had blessed them, the one that had healed them. We mustn't forsake or forget to give praise and thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thankfulness should be in the heart of every Christian. Amen. And I've said this a lot of times, but the reality is, if you will think about it, if you'll think, you'll be thankful. If you'll take the time to think about all the blessings of your life, then you'll be more thankful. Just think about how God blesses your life every day. If you're not careful, you'll look at the few troubled things, the, the few problems in your life and the few worries in your life. And Jesus associated that with, with demon activity, with devilish doctrines. A person who focuses on the bad but never realizes the goodness of God. Lord, help us to make our focus, get your mind off the complaining and the grumbling about the few little problems that you have and be uh, uh, filled with a heart of thanksgiving 
unto the Lord. When you realize the goodness of God in your life, then you will be truly a thankful person. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. When I review my life, I look at all the ways where if I would have made a left turn instead of a right turn, where would I be today? There were just a few times through my life if I would have made the wrong move, the wrong decision, what a disastrous change it would brought. And so now I can look back and say, oh, Lord, you were so good to me. You were so merciful to me. I thank you, Lord, for the people that you put in my life that were praying for me and supporting me and encouraging me to follow the will of the Lord and the things of the Lord. I've got too many things to be thankful for to worry about some of the little problems I've had along the way. Amen. Amen. So I, I, I want to encourage you this season, even though you've got some trouble, maybe some health problems, maybe some issues in your family, I don't know what you're up against. I do know we all have troubles and uh, trying situations from time to time. Let's get, let's get our mind off of that. And let's focus on the goodness of God. Amen. The good things of the Lord. You know that one leper, he went back to, to thank the Lord for his healing. And the Bible says that Jesus said to him, your faith has made you whole. And uh, it's the word, the Greek word is the word sotero, which is the word that we, that is usually translated as to be saved or salvation. And, uh, and so he was just saying to him, you've been made whole. You're not only healed, but you've been saved. So he received, the thankful person received the greater blessing of being saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. We've got a lot to be thankful for. And the thankful will be blessed again and again and again with so many wonderful things. Praise God. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of, the, of your word. Thank you, Lord. Uh, for all the good things that have come from the hand of God in our lives. Help us, Lord, to express that appreciation this season. Instead of complaining, murmuring, instead of focusing on the few little things in our life that might be a problem or be uh, unpleasant, Lord, help us to get our minds upon the good things of God. Like those early pilgrims, who suffered so much, but yet were so thankful. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand, everybody, all over this congregation today. Amen. I want to encourage you today and this week that the